Welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal show where we discuss the strange, unusual, and sometimes Ushin tells funny stories about dogs. My name is Kaylee, and I'm joined by my co-ghost Ushin. Hello. So, hello. How are you feeling this week, Ushin? I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Anything paranormal? It w- anything paranormal? No more um, cats in your car? No, that that was a strange occurrence, wasn't it? It was. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, nothing, nothing really. Um, you haven't seen any ghosts busy- sitting in the back seat or anything yet. No, I just don't check my mirror anymore. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Who needs yeah. to drive with mirrors, you know? <laughs> I know, right? That's scarier than any ghost. Please check your mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight on the podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the Enfield haunting, otherwise known as the Enfield poltergeist or the House of Strange Happenings. Have you ever heard of it, Ushin? Uh Nope. Can't believe you New haven't heard you, of this. Know? This is like one of the most maybe famous ghost cases. You know, I, I'm a man of science, Kaylee. Bad science, maybe, but a man of science. <laughs> Wait, you're the one who wants to go to Atlantis. That's not exactly science. <laughs> it was because it was a sciencey movie when I was a kid, you know? Sure. They have a big submarine. Yeah, Ghostbusters is a sciencey movie. That's true. You know, I, I just mean like, you know, the way some some people from childhood are like, ghosts, that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is a really, really famous ghost case. And it happened in the UK, so it's not too far from us either. And it's one of the most widely debated cases of a haunting there are so many people on either side who's you know people say it's absolutely definitely happened and other people say it was a complete and utter hoax okay so it's like not even just like oh they got it wrong it's that it was set up yeah sort of thing okay yeah well uh yeah well i'll get it more into it but yeah it kind of goes either way um ed and lorraine warren even traveled all the way over from the u.s to investigate this case for themselves oh cool there are several series and movies made about the event such as the conjuring 2 uh, but we're not going to focus on those stories so much today. We're going to kind of focus on the true case and the actual facts of it. Great. I'm a, I'm a blank slate, so, yeah, you know. It's kind of exciting that you're a blank slate because I can't, I can't believe you've never heard of this. This is something that I read about when I was a child, like, constantly. It was in everything. Yeah, well, may- maybe I have and I'm just bad with names, but I don't think I have. Maybe. You'd kind of remember this one, though. There's, like, a good deal of compelling evidence and some not-so-compelling evidence... So it'll be interesting here to hear your take on this, Ashin, at the end, because you are okay. quite skeptical, and yeah. it's it's a difficult one to say solidly either way. But uh, okay, it'll be interesting to see what you say about it. So it all begins in Enfield in London in 1977. So picture the 70s yourself, you know, in London, not in America. You got like those okay. that awful wallpaper on the walls, uh, the flared bottom jeans, the kind of hair, the, the long collars on the tops. That's the time that we're looking at here. And I, I could fit in there, I think. I think you could easily, yeah. <laughs> I definitely could not. <laughs> Peggy Hodson was a single mother of four children. And she had two daughters, Margaret, who was 12, and Janet, who was 11 at the time. And they shared a room together in this, like, very typical British house. It was a council house. It's actually a nice house, to be honest, but at the time it was a council house. In the city? Um, it's in, in Enfield, so it's, like, north of yeah. London City, say. Okay. Although it is quite a nice house. Be expensive to buy it nowadays. But it's like a house and not an apartment. No, it's a house. Uh, okay. It's a house and it's literally only attached to one other house. There's just two of them that are together, okay. kind of. So it's not even like a terrace house. It's it's a nice house. <laughs> so the girls one night were complaining that the bed was shaking at night when they were trying to sleep. 
and they were having fights over this. You know, they were blaming each other for shaking the bed and their mother would get pretty annoyed at them. And the next night when all the kids were in bed, their mom heard shuffling noises, like somebody was walking about on the linoleum in slippers. That's a particularly haunting sound to hear because it's so distinct. Like somebody walking in slippers sounds yeah, so particular, you know? Yeah. If you hear, like, you know, if it's a ghost and it sounds like it's wearing slippers, like that's a comfy ghost. He's there to stay. Oh, you think you'd think so, Oshin. But wait till you get to know <laughs> oh, <no>. this ghost. <laughs> this is oh, not no. a comfy ghost. Wearing slippers, maybe, but not a comfy ghost. Yeah, but the sound of the slippers walking across the linoleum, like specifically the linoleum as well. So it's a very distinct noise. And then she heard four loud knocks. She kind of like brushed it off. Okay, that was it was weird. Maybe there's another reason for it. Blah, blah, blah. She didn't really think much more of it. So the two girls were going to bed one night when they heard something moving in their room. And they were both freaked out by this noise and soon saw that it was their dresser shifting towards the door. Now, this is a big dresser. You're not going to move it easily. And it was like moving on its own towards the door. Their mom heard the noise coming from their room and went up to give out to the two girls for still being awake. Like, she assumed it was them making the noise or moving their beds. Mm -hmm. And they told their mom it wasn't them. She obviously didn't believe them at first, so she stayed in the room. And shortly after, she saw the drawers moving herself. It was moving (laughs) as if it was trying to block the door. So it was, like, shifting closer and closer to the door. Oh, no. And she tried to push it back to, like, stop it from blocking the door. And it wouldn't budge she couldn't get it to move at all like somebody else was pushing the other side that's spooky yeah yeah it's pretty spooky like i have a very visual brain and imagination like you, you say words and they're like you know i'm, I'm hallucinating yeah my imagination i mean that's already. what a podcast is that it's is, uh, it's group hallucinations <laughs> yeah that's it but these are some spooky you know yeah spooky visuals so you know she did the same thing that anyone would do and she gathered all the children and went screaming out of the house to to the neighbor's house <laughs> Which is oh, it hadn't blocked the door yet. It was just on the way. No, it was like door. going to block the door. So she just kind of okay. like gathered everyone and left. <laughs> that would be Time terrifying if they got like. blocked in by a ghost. They went to their neighbor's house, Vic and Peggy Nottingham, for help. That's the most British names I've ever heard. Like Vic and Peggy Nottingham. <laughs> they sound like characters <laughs> from Coronation Street or something. It does, yeah. So Vic went into the home to take a look for himself, and he heard banging coming from all around the house, like just knocking and bangs coming from all kinds of directions. So he searched the entire house, but he couldn't find any source. So he decided to call the police because he assumed it was somebody like playing a prank or something. What would you do in that situation? Like if you were the neighbor and somebody came over to your house saying the furniture is moving. Like, do you go look or do you like, what do you do? Start blasting. I start, start blasting. blasting. <laughs> at the neighbors, so, at children and a, all. <laughs> someone with a hammer in the walls. There's a hammer in the walls. <laughs> the hammer is possessed. Uh, what do I do? I'd probably go over and have a listen, to be honest with you, just because... You know, I, I'm going to be that first person to die in the film, let's be fair. Yeah, just out of pure curiosity. <laughs> I think I would yeah. too, to be honest. I think I'd go over straight away and be like, come get me, ghost. Let's go. I'm either the first to die or it'll be like someone shows up seeking refuge and it'll be like a really excellent montage of like gearing up because I just have so much like shit at this point. What, like ghost hunting shit? Not ghost hunting, but like... Oh, you mean like weapons, like to fight? Yeah, <laughs> but not weapons, but you know... Things that could be improvised with. Like what? Lovely Christmas presents. <laughs> you got me a, a galley bander for Oh Christmas. yeah, that's true. I did. I got you this slingshot that's, and metal pellets for it. So yeah, yeah, you could use that, I guess. Get the pellets blessed by a priest and there you go. Yeah. Poltergeist but, you know, galley bander blaster. <laughs> I, I would definitely, you know, I would definitely go out in the final act though. 
Like, I'm not making it through the film. No, I wouldn't even say you make it to the final act, Oshin, let's be honest. No. No, only if I came in for that montage. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, so he searched the entire house and he couldn't find the source, so he called the police. And the police came at about 1am, so it's late. This is not like daytime that this is happening. And they're thinking that it's someone playing a joke on the family. So they go in, they're trying to find somebody, somebody in the walls banging or something, or an intruder. The police check the walls, the attic, they check all the pipes even, to make sure it's not the pipes that are making the noise. Uh, but they couldn't explain where mm-hmm. the banging noise was coming from. It was coming from all over the house now at this stage. And Vic, the neighbor, was quoted as saying, The PC and the neighbors all went into the kitchen to check the refrigerator pipes, leaving the family and myself in the living room. The lights in the living room were switching off again, and within a few minutes, the eldest son pointed to a chair that was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. I then saw the chair slide across the floor towards the kitchen wall. It was approximately three to four feet and then came to rest. So while they're all standing there and the knocking is going on, a chair just slides across the room while there's loads of people in the house. Sorry, whose account was that? That was Vic, so that's the neighbor. Okay, yeah. the neighbor who came in, yeah, yeah. And one mm. of the police officers saw the chair moving as well, and they pretty okay. much noped out of there. <laughs> like, they just left. <laughs> um, I was watching a thing on BBC, and they said this line that made me laugh so much. The presenter of BBC said this, like, deadpan. He just said, In the absence of a law against chairs that move on their own, the police were powerless to act. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if there was a law against it, That's the police like, yeah. were going to tackle the chair. <laughs> it's like, you know, comes in through the door. Hello, 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 what's all the... Oh, good boy, good boy, good boy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's funny, but, like, it's true, too. Like, what are they going to do, arrest the chair? So the next night, their neighbor, Vic, that's the guy who gave the account of the chair moving, uh, went back to the house, mm. and he had Lego thrown at him. He said that it hit him in the elbow with such force that it left a massive lump. Like, standing on Lego is bad enough. Yeah. Imagine a ghost throwing it at you so hard that it leaves a bump. Like, ouch. Ow. Ouch. Lego was pointy. And this man, like, he didn't really have anything to do with it at the start. Like, he's just kind of been dragged in because he's the neighbor who's closest or whatever, you know? You go over, you ask your neighbor for, like, a cup of sugar. Oh, hey, do you have any milk? Oh, hey, do you want to figure out what's banging in my walls? (laughs) Yeah. You owe him a few favors after that one, like. (laughs) Definitely. Over the next few days, it just kind of gets worse and worse. And the house was visited by clergymen and even a man from the council. And they all witnessed the poltergeist activity and the knocking. So they did try to get moved because the house was haunted. But the the council kind of said no. (laughs) Like, you can't move a family out of of a house to another house because, because of a haunting, basically. There's no rules for that. So the clergyman and the councilman, they all witnessed the poltergeist activity and the knocking noises. One thing of note was that the knocks almost sounded like they were in reverse. So, you know when you knock on a oh. surface, it like it makes a loud noise and it tapers off. So you hear like a... Yeah. The poltergeist knock- knocks did the opposite. That, That's very strange. Isn't it really weird? It's like a... I don't know how to because describe like most, it. <laughs> most like percussive... Like, that's the way physics works. Yeah. You know, things will get quiet. Yeah. So that... that yeah. Mmm. So it's, it's very strange. It's literally like it was in reverse. By September 4th, Mrs. Nottingham, that's the mother, um, was kind of at a loss for what to do. She didn't really know where to go from here and decided to call the Daily Mirror, hoping that they could do something to help because she, like, she had called 
priests, the police, the council, like there was nobody else she could really turn to for help. And the Mirror sent out a reporter called Douglas Bence and a photographer, Graham Morris. Now, Graham even said that he was quoted as saying, I thought it was an ordinary job until I walked into the house. I stood in the gloom in the kitchen and one by one, they brought the children into the adults' arms and the last one to come in was Janet. Suddenly, things just took off and started flying around the room. I got hit by a Lego brick over my right eye. It gave me a lump for a few days. There was a bit of force behind it. There were marbles and things left in the kitchen that were just flying around the room. I was watching all of the family and none of them were doing anything. So he's just like a photographer for for a newspaper. He's not a paranormal researcher or anything. Yeah. And he's been brought in and saying, yeah, this is happening. I got hit with a piece of Lego in the face (laughs) with force. Surely, surely one of the first things you do if, you know, things in your house are being thrown around would be to clean up. I was thinking that as well. Like if Lego was getting thrown at people and marbles, just throw out the Lego, right? I suppose they probably find something yeah, else, though. Or, or, you know, just... That's when they get the knives. Yeah, that's so when they start going for the, the cutlery. You get a spoon in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so someone suggested to Mrs. Nottingham to get in contact with our old buddies at the Society for Psychical Research. So the Society for Psychical Research sent out a man by the name of Morris Gross. And after witnessing a chair moving across the room, he decided to stay and do an investigation himself. So he kind of decided that it was real when he saw this chair flying across the room. And he was joined by a reporter from the BBC. And together they held like an all-night vigil in the house. So they both saw flying marbles, jumping teaspoons and boxes, and a sofa that rose into the air and crashed down onto the floor upside down. So the sofa flipped over on, on top of it and just, yeah, was upside down. They saw indentations on the pillows and bed, as if somebody was lying down onto the bed. That would scare the oh, crap out of me. Like, like oh, I don't like that. We heard a creaky floorboard on an investigation, and I ran. <laughs> like, imagine yeah. if we saw that. That was a spooky place, to be fair. The spooky room. Yeah. <laughs> so the skeleton coming. Maurice uh, rigged up a camera that took photos when something moved in front of it. And he managed mm-hmm. to capture a picture of Janet being thrown from her bed. Now, this image would become what? kind of the face of the Enfield hauntings. Though many people debate whether it's real or not. Um, I've sent it to you if you want to take a look at it. And I'll be posting it in the Discord as well. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you think of the image, Oshin? It's definitely very 70s. Yes. The floor. The carpet is immaculate. Yeah. <laughs> um, are the other kids awake as well? I think they were sleeping the most- and then it, the camera like triggers a flash. It kind of just looks like she jumped out of the bed, to be honest. <laughs> like her knees yeah, are the, bent up like that, the- you know. She looks like she's having a great time. Unless she's not, then she looks like she's having a terrible time. Yeah, yeah, that's the picture. That's the Enfield picture. If you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. This helps us keep the podcast running and you get exclusive access to our Discord, where we are always chatting about the latest episode and posting spooky things like memes, behind the scenes photos and extra information on our episodes. So subscribe to us at patreon.com forward slash paranormal hotline. You can also help us out for free by simply rating the podcast wherever you listen to it. It doesn't take too long and it really helps us out so we can continue to bring you content. You can also follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can always stay up to date with the latest episodes. We're at ParanormalHL on Twitter and at ParanormalHotline on Instagram. All right, so Janet, who is the girl in that picture that I sent you, was the subject of Mm -hmm. most of the activity in the Enfield haunting. Apparently, 
poltergeist activity seems to mostly happen around teenagers and preteens. I read That's, a thing yeah. on it, but it didn't make much sense to me because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a very sciencey person, Ashin. These words go over my head. Okay, it had something to do with hormones, uh, uh, biology, and quantum something something. But <laughs> okay, in the majority of cases of poltergeist activity, and this is like not culturally exclusive, so there's plenty of cultures that have experienced poltergeist stuff. It nearly always happens to a teenager or a preteen. One of the strangest things to happen was Janet's supposed possession. So she would apparently be possessed by the spirit in the house who would speak through Janet in a man's raspy voice and said his name was Bill. He told them that he lived in the house and that he had died downstairs in the corner chair. Uh, Upon researching the house, they found that there was a man named Bill Wilkins who did die in the chair downstairs. And Bill told them through Janet that he didn't have enough strength himself to move all the objects in the house and that he would get other spirits from local cemetery that was like, there's a cemetery like basically across the road. It was across the road and down a bit. He would get them to come to the house and move things with him. So he kind of had like extra support from the local cemetery. Could this be a little girl putting on a raspy voice? It could be. But a vocal specialist said that to speak like that for a long period of time causes damage to a person's vocal cords, like the muscle in the back of your throat as well. It's hard to talk like that for even a few minutes. Uh, but Janet was talking with Bill's voice for up to three hours, and she would just go back to her normal voice afterwards. Like, there was no damage done to her throat. Yeah, not hoarse or anything. No, which is weird, because I'll, I'll show you the voice in a bit, and it's it's bizarre sounding. I don't think I could even do the voice, to be honest. Uh, one of the researchers decided to try an experiment with the voice. So he put a piece of tape over Janet's mouth to see if the voice would still come through. And it did. So even though her mouth was covered, the voice was coming from oh. somewhere. So he tried another experiment. He asked Janet to hold water in her mouth and then put the tape over her mouth. You know, she would take a sip of some water and the bo- the voice of Bill would still come through somehow. And then she would spit the water out again at the end. So this is what it sounds like when she's doing the Bill voice. Two, one. Whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. So that's the interviewer. Days before I died, I died. I went blind. Then I had a language and I fell asleep and I died in a chair in the corner downstairs. Bill, if you're there, would you answer me the following question? What have you done with Denise's 30p? Hey, you dance the radio. Dance there. Sorry, Bill. Can you say that again, please? Hey, dance the radio. Dance there. Right up, Bill. Thanks so much. Why can't Janet fool you? I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? Because I want you. H-O-S. Did any friends go with you? Yes, all of them. All the dogs, 68 dogs. And what do you got 68 dogs for? So that they can protect me from you killing me. They can bite you right off. How can we kill you, Bill? You can shoot me off. 
Now, how do exactly shoot you if we can't see you, Bill? Thank you, God. Sorry, I didn't hear that, Bill. Thank you, God. By praying to God. So, what you're saying is we could get rid of you by praying to God. Yes. <laughs> this is just him kind of going mad. <laughs> Free so. <laughs> Maybe one of the dogs took over. Perhaps. She has the phone. Like. All right, that's the end of it. <laughs> so what do you make of that, Oshin? He says that uh, he died in the chair downstairs, and then they ask where the money he took was, and he said it was in the radio downstairs, and uh, that he can be shot because he's a G-H-O-S-T, and that he has 68 dogs. One too short, yeah. in my opinion, but... What do you think of it? What do you think of the voice? Do you think, uh... It is a, it's a good voice. It's weird, isn't it? It's really scary sounding. It is. It is. I'm wondering, like... like I'm trying to think where did that even come from, you know? Yeah. Do you think you, you could do like, it? The you, you should try the it <laughs> <laughs> My name's Bill. My name's... My name's Bill. Oh, um, That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, but imagine doing that for three hours, you know? Yeah, I'm also not a teenage girl. <laughs> You're pretty close, but no, not quite there. Oh um, yeah, that's uh, that's rough. That's a rough voice to do. Yeah, I couldn't keep that up. No. I couldn't keep that up. And like I said, this would go on. They would do recording sessions. You can go get the full recordings uh, online somewhere, and they're like three hours long of talking to Bill, which is terrifying. And they did put the water in her mouth and the voice was still coming out from somewhere, which is just weird. I, yeah, no, I wish if, there was like a video of that. The voice, if you asked me to do the voice with like my mouth closed or full of water, it would just be a mess. Yeah. That's not happening. What do you think of the 68 what? dogs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it's one, two, uh, not, one not enough. I mean, I can picture that being the reason why there's, you know, shit getting thrown around the place. Like, yeah, just the dogs. You <laughs> have 68 just, ghost dogs tails, in your house. Like, tails just sweeping everything. There's that many as well. Like, you know they're jumping up on the counters. They're knocking the couch Absolutely. over. They're <laughs> yeah. Unless they're like chihuahuas or something, you know? That would be worse. That would be so <laughs> much worse. <coughs> I think I is, turned is into the Bill there for a second. <laughs> that would be so much worse. All right, dog, get down. <laughs> get over there. <laughs> It was also theorized that Janet was using the poltergeist activity as a way to lash out. Like, she was clearly going through a rough time as well. Like, her parents were getting divorced, and because of the poltergeist activity, she was allowed, like, when she was Bill, she was allowed to swear and curse and say what she wanted, yeah. and she could blame it on the ghost. Like, she could call people dickheads, she could do whatever, like, and just say the how, ghost did How old did was she exactly? I think she was at 11 the at the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. She turned 12 over the course of the whole activity, but she, when it started, she was 11 years old. That kind of makes sense to me as well. Yeah. So she would blame it on the ghost. She would even bang her head on a wall until her family would stop her. And after one of these kind of outbursts, a doctor was called to the house, and he administered 10 milligrams of Valium in order to sedate her. And mm -hmm. after being sedated, Janet levitated and landed on a radio. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's just... Taking teenage rebellion to the extreme, like... <laughs> yeah. 
She was feeling a bit lightheaded. <laughs> oh my god, radio-headed. <laughs> yeah. Um, radiohead. <laughs> Just nuts, though, isn't it? It is. It's wild. So Ed and Lorraine Warren came over from the States and they they didn't really add much to the investigation. They just kind of witnessed what was happening in the house and they concluded that it was a demon. Uh, but, of course. you know, they pretty much say everything's a demon. I think I read that they don't believe in ghosts normally, like everything has to be a demon for them or it's not real. Mm. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I'll have to double check that. But So they said it was a demon and then they left. <laughs> and then there was a whole movie made about them investigating it. Uh, <laughs> just coming to the conclusion it's the demon yeah pretty much there was notes that were left by Bill um, and you love these notes because they were really funny most of them would say things like um, you know don't tell anyone that I wrote you this note uh, blah 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 and other things but one of the notes that he wrote was just can I have a tea bag where is the lie yeah that's very rude. can I have a tea bag that's just like if you were a ghost stushing that's what you would write Oh, absolutely. Like if I was communicating with you on a, on a Ouija board, you'd ask me for a cup of tea, probably. Yeah, send tea. Send tea. <laughs> Leave out a tribute of tea for Oshin. <laughs> Apparently, when he asked for a tea bag, uh, the, their mother, Peggy, went and got a tea bag and put it on the table next to the note. And another tea bag materialized next to it. But it was completely ripped open. It was like in bits and there was tea oh. leaves everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Which is unusual. But I will say as well, the notes that were written... They were written in Janet's handwriting. Okay. So whether Bill was like writing through Janet or she was writing the messages for him or it was Janet just writing the messages. Yeah, I'd say if it was like from Bill via Janet, it sounds like it's like Janet writing them for him if it's in her handwriting and not like, you know, she's possessed and he's moving the pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think she could make a teabag materialize. No. So, I, don't, I mean, maybe she could. I don't know how, you know, hormones work, <laughs> apparently. I wanted Yorkshire tea, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> yeah, other apparitions were seen in the house by family members. And other people who were, like, passing by would see apparitions in the windows as well. There was a few that were seen. So there was a small boy, a small girl. There was a woman who was seen, kind of an older woman. And an old man, which is assumed to be Bill because he was seen with, like... His grizzly teeth or something like that. I don't know. Apparently it's okay. Bill, though. No, no, like, 68 dogs? No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone ever saw an apparition of a dog. Not that I could find. Maybe there is. Yeah, but, like, maybe these are the spirits that Bill is recruiting from the local cemetery. Oh, yeah, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps. Maybe. Mm-hmm. His little ghost mm-hmm. army maybe. should change his name to Aragorn. But these are some pretty amazing claims, like, if they are true. But we can't cover yes. this case entirely without looking at the skeptical side of things, too. So some of the investigators caught the girls throwing things around when they thought no one was looking. Ah, here. One of them even saw the girls using a broom against the ceiling to make like a banging noise. Like if there's people upstairs. And a few men called Dinglewall, Goldney and Hall from the Society of Psychical Research, who also actually worked on the Borley Rectory case in 1956. So Excellent. these are the Borley Rectory boys, you know, they were trained by Harry Price. The Borley boys. The Borley boys. <laughs> They argued that the influence of suggestion played a large part in what people saw and heard. Uh, They said, Once in the mind of the affected, belief can be strengthened and simple events misinterpreted in order to fit them into the desired pattern. So, that's what the Borley boys say. 
Now, a lot of people witnessed poltergeist activity in the house, so can they all be mm-hmm. dismissed to, you know, cognitive bias? You had police officers, you know, lots of credible people who said that they saw something. The police credible? <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> um, the clergyman was there. There was, loads, there was a, like, a couple of hundred people, I would say, who saw weird shit in this house, though, you know? Yeah. The, even the lollipop lady said that she saw figures in the window who used to work, like, on the street. Oh, well, that's an authority figure. The girls still claim that they only faked 2% of what happened to them in the house. They were kids, and they did think the whole affair was kind of funny sometimes, so they would just, like, act up to see if people would catch them and stuff. Right. But they say that everything else that happened was completely real, and that it still, like, affects them. They described it as having, like, a death in the family, and that it kind of never goes away, but it gets easier with time. And as they moved out, the family that replaced them in the house also experienced paranormal activity. So they did still believe that something happened in the house, and the neighbors do too. The neighbors definitely believe that it was a haunted house. But what do you think, Oshim? Do you think it's actually haunted? Do you think this really happened? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's like, there's they are very strong claims. Yeah. They're as in big claims. And for like extraordinary claims, you do need extraordinary evidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, like, the only hard evidence, really, other than, like, things that people have said, is, like, this picture where it just looks like this kid has thrown herself off the bed. And there's another one that looks just like it. The recordings of Bill, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I made those noises, too. Yeah, but you're a grown man. (laughs) This is an 11-year-old child. I thought I I was a teenage girl. (laughs) Um, uh, No, that that is a confusion. It's not impossible, Could have been in one of the other girls, you know? Mm. Yeah, and... Like, there's a whole thing of ventriloquism I know that still is like you know coming through your mouth but like there's technique I'm not saying that that's the technique they used but I'm saying you know at what point was it one of the other kids that was there if yeah. they're saying that, oh we we put on about 2% of it what's to say that wasn't the 2% you know yeah yeah that's true I also think if they're willing to say they put on 2% of it they put on a lot more than 2% you think <laughs> Yes. I knew the minute I said the Bordy boys didn't believe it that Oshin would be off. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm with the gang. Yeah. Um, I don't together. know. I kind of... I don't know where I fall in it. I love the story. I think it's a great story, but... Um, it's the, a great the, story. It's very spooky. The fact that, that any of it was faked just throws a spanner into the, in the whole works because you can't trust a single word yeah. then afterwards, can you? That's it. That, that's, that was really the turning point for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Also, like, you know, it's a difficult time for kids. It is, definitely. Um, and it also is just like, it's also just that age where everything is difficult anyway. It's that age where poltergeist activity is more common, apparently. And we need to yeah. look into that more, because that is, that is actually a thing. Like, apparently poltergeist activity only happens to teenagers. It, see, maybe, maybe because I didn't know, it never happened to me because I didn't know about poltergeists, because, you know, I was a science kid. <laughs> you didn't know what a poltergeist was? Yeah, you know, I could have had my whole edgy phase and it could have, like, been poltergeist had I, you know... I feel like that would have been bad news for everyone if you became a poltergeist. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) I can't imagine. That's how bad it is. Tea bags. Bring me tea bags. You're just hovering (laughs) in the air. (laughs) It's a really interesting case. Yeah. The whole... That so many people saw it. That's interesting. And, like, regardless of if it's a supernatural cause... It's always interesting when a lot of people see something because even if that's just the power of suggestion and like social programming, that's really interesting as well. Yeah, I wonder if we do go over to London, could we go see the house as well? Because it is still there. Oh yeah, we could definitely. That'd be pretty neat. 
Mm. So that is all we have time for this week on the podcast. Uh, don't forget that this week is Friday the 13th. Oh my God, why did I speak like that? Don't forget that this week is Friday the 13th. So stay safe out there. And Playing us out on this episode and episodes to follow is uh, a track made by the one and only Echo North Star. Uh, so thank you very much for making that piece of music and uh, letting us use it. Yeah, you guys got to listen to some sweet tunes. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>